in three, two, one. John, are we live? We're live, sir. What's going on, buddy? Not too much, my man. How are you? Good. You uh, you did like a marathon dash of getting over here, getting the studio set up because we had reset the studio up. I'm glad we're yeah, live. Yeah, man. Fun stuff. What's going on? Uh, well, I'm in a very good mood. Oh, per that's the rare. Huge. What's going oh, on? Oh, come on now. Um, Jitters. I am leaving on vacation Saturday morning, so... A very good friend of the show, Tim Lachey yep, from Arizona, he, and he his beautiful his wife. Uh, he, the two of them, my prettier half, Miss Maggie, and I are going far to prettier. Uh, far prettier. Uh, going to Punta Cana. Cool. So I'm feeling pretty good. Got uh, running late today. Just been running all over and just got locked out of the building. So uh, sorry we're late, folks, but Perfect. we're here now. <laughs> yeah. So shout outs to Tim. My shout-out is to Maggie, oh, actually, okay, and cool. Nadine. Maggie and Nadine uh, really set the trip up. They did all the planning, asked us a couple questions, but they really took care of everything. And uh, I'm just, we're very excited. Awesome. Looking, yeah. I'm going on vacation, too. I'm going to Las Vegas with my dad, which is, everyone I've been telling I'm going to Las Vegas with my dad is like, oh, it's like different than the guy's trip. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> he is, he's like a bachelor party on steroids. Nice. It's like I'm his yeah. dad when we go there. I mean, from the story, right. I've heard from you already. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the opposite. But uh, my shout out, usually they're pretty happy shout outs. Mm -hmm. My shout out's not as happy. It's to Jeff, right. uh, who's my business partner at Main Street. He lost his dad this mm -hmm. week. So uh, they're over there and his dad, Alan, is an incredible guy. And he's real, he, he's such a cool dude. That yesterday, I guess every Tuesday they have uh, everybody in their small town in Iowa. They literally don't have a street light. They have a blinking light in their town. Wow. They show up to Al's bar, which is in his garage, and they drink. Right. So on. last night, everybody still came in there and started drinking at Al's bar. So I'm going there tomorrow, and I got to drive all the way back from Iowa, so I can't drink, but I'll stop by Al's bar for a second. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, on, I guess it was Facebook. And it took me a second, and then I read it. I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really so. super cool dude. And, yeah. uh my thoughts to Jeff Condolences and his family. for sure. Absolutely. Um, I'm excited about today's show. I'm always excited about our shows. I but know. today, we got two guys that can kick our asses pretty easily. Literally. John. Literally, literally. And I'm even more excited because our first guest can kick the second guest's butt. He, <laughs> Come on, our second there's, guest there's is my weight, buddy Mike Cannon. for a reason. <laughs> and he kicks all of our butts. Uh -huh. But my first guest, uh, he's the PFL middleweight champion of the world. He just won the recent PFL middleweight million dollar Grand Prix. Lewis Taylor is a Chicago native. He's 13 and one in his last 14 fights. I think I got that right. I Wikipedia that, so I, I could be wrong. Um, which is really hard to do in today's high level MMA world. It's actually incredibly difficult to do. He's a Chicago native. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I love my city, so I love doing anything I can to support it. Yeah, so when we actually started Wheelhouse, one of the things John and I wanted to do was showcase local Chicago entrepreneurs, influencers, people in Chicago like you um, who do better stuff for the city of Chicago. So we appreciate you coming on. Um, what got you started in MMA? Oh, you know, um, I was a high school wrestling coach, a security guard, and um, just looked up and uh, wanted more. I was still still hungry. I was training young lions like uh, Bilal Muhammad, but uh, I just felt the need to, 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 I still had fire. You know, sometimes when you come away from the wrestling mats and you can't wait to get away from it because it's a very hard sport wrestling is. And um, I thought I was, I was, I had took a break. I had got nice and fat, 
But then, <laughs> but then you know, I jumped back in and, and uh, looked across the street, saw a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym, and from there, I just got busy. And that's the crazy thing about wrestling is wrestling at a high level. And you were, and again, I could be wrong. I Wikipedia this. Um, you were the first person from the Chicago Public Schools to attend the Illinois State Wrestling Championship, right? Oh uh, no, I wasn't the first to attend. Um, I was the one of the first to place from, okay. from public league. Uh, you know, and then I, I did it again the, the following year. Awesome. So Wikipedia fix your stuff. You had, <laughs> no. it, you had it slightly wrong. No. Uh, but it's tough because wrestlers, when wrestling's done, I mean, if you go to college and you wrestle in college, what happens after wrestling? Now MMA, a lot of them go into MMA. Jern Burroughs was talking about, like, I don't really want to go in the UFC, but now you hear Dana saying, I'd like him to come to the UFC. Yeah, I mean, you, you it, it's a good way to get paid, but like Jordan Burroughs and uh, Ben Askren, they're, they're trying to create new outlets where wrestlers can eat. And uh, more than anything in that competition, uh, that's where that's where the platform is for. That's why Ben Askren did it, is so wrestlers can still find another way to eat. You see it being done in jiu-jitsu, but uh, wrestling is, is something very American, especially when you look at folk style and, you know, and, and it's dying. And so you need things like uh, wrestling to, to, to help grow the sport or keep it alive, to pump pump steady uh, uh, money into it. And, I, and I, I fought the NCAA for that. I feel like they should let wrestlers make money when we compete at these tournaments. Yeah, it's, cra it's crazy how, how much effort goes into being a wrestler, how much <clears throat> dedication. I mean, there's a, a great article about how wrestlers end up making such great business people because they're legitimately the most disciplined of athletes. You, you, if you're not disciplined, you're definitely not going to be a high-level wrestler. But yeah, there's no money in it. It's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, it could be. But it's a, it's a, they try to restrict so much for the certain sports, but when you pay attention to golf, they get purses. Bass yeah. fishing, they get purses. Rodeo, they get purses. I feel like uh, wrestling falls right into category where if these tournaments were being held instead of a medal, can we get a you know a, a little check? You know, sure. we we all go to college and we eating ramen noodle, we eating trash, but trying to compete at the top of levels. And the thing about America is it costs more to eat healthy. Yeah, you know, much yeah. much more. Um, so okay, so you transitioned from wrestling to MMA, and you've you've had a great career in MMA, and you just won the PFL Grand Prix, which was a really cool thing to see to see the whole idea of tournament fighting come back, and then actually have a a good paycheck um, in comparison to MMA yeah. paychecks. I mean, it's been a, a struggle my career. Um, it I, I've been pretty much kept in the shadows. Um, those hardcore, you know, uh, MMA guys knew who I was, but mainstream i had you know nobody ever knew who i was um and no matter what i did and how successful i was and who i beat anytime i beat somebody that person had a bad night or i got lucky or something like that uh for whatever reason they never uh valued my skill set because i have a different style of fighting and um and, and they just i don't fit into a box but like i tell my students um you're not here to look like every other fighter you know you can't train like a robot because there's a counter to everything you do. So you, you need to have a fight identity. And to be the best, you have to have that fight identity. So uh, John sometimes writes me love notes on those whiteboards, and those are his questions. Um, John wanted you to explain what the PFL is. Uh, the PFL means Professional Fighters League. It's the first of its kind. It's a place where they are angling towards making fighters 
uh, represent fighters as professionals and, you know, like a sports league. Uh, some people don't agree with the idea. They don't think it's going to work. Uh, me coming off of a very successful first year, uh, I'm very happy with the PFL format and the opportunity that they're giving to a lot of fighters who, who've been overlooked, uh, like fighters like myself who found themselves in purgatory uh, in a sense where you're too good to fight locally and the bigger leagues haven't um, embraced you. Yeah, and what a, what a great springboard that is because the PFL Grand Prix was re got really good publicity. I, I was following along the whole time. It was really cool, and I think it, like you said, it showcased a lot of names that you might not have been seeing in UFC or Bellator leading up to that, and now it's an awesome springboard. And I, I talk to a lot of people who are kind of like fair-weather MMA fans, and they think that, oh, now in the whole new Conor McGregor era, oh, people are making tons and tons of money, and they realize that, they don't realize that that's not true. You know, Connor's making that, and there's some guys that are making a lot of money, but still a lot of fighters are getting tens of thousands to show, tens of thousands to win, and then you have, you know, uh, training fees, management fees. It, it, a lot of that gets taken away. Yeah, it, 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 it costs a lot of money to be a fighter, and it takes a lot out of you. Um, I was blessed to have uh, a, a great support through my wife. Um, she, she, you know put the the load uh, on her shoulders and we did it together but then she um I, th I told her i was done fighting at 36 i'll be 40 i just made 40 <laughs> this this week may 12th oh happy birthday uh, thank yeah. you so uh you know without my wife it would have been even more difficult um because I, I i decided to chase this dream at 28 and i said i was gonna give it a good run and i was gonna be done at at 36 but at 36 i hadn't made it where i wanted to be but I still had fight in me, yeah. you know. So, and, and 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 even when I went, you know, some guys at thirty six, they're done, they, you know. And but I still, I still had good strength. When I would go to the gyms, I still give people a hard time. They don't want to see me coming. They don't, you know. So I'm like, I'm the old guy. But as long as you guys don't want to see me, I guess I'm still doing something right. Well, you don't look like the old guy, and it's crazy, you know. Like I, obviously, this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, this weekend we saw, and you might hear Mike. I'll introduce Mike too because this MMA roundtable might be great to bring Mike in too. Mike Cannon is our other guest. He also fought pro MMA. He's a Chicago firefighter, and he's a business owner. Um, Mike up. You bring him up a little bit. He's a uh, he's a wrestler, so he likes to crouch, crouch down. The back a little problems, bit. it's nothing. And um, you know, you you might hear Mike commenting on this, but for both of you, obviously, this weekend you had BJ Penn and you had Anderson Silva, guys who were kind of towards the end of their careers, a little bit older, and you saw kind of the falling. What have you done, Lewis, to uh, kind of keep your body in shape and then also stay motivated? I feel like as you age, like that. And I don't want to say the killer instinct's gone. I feel like even me when I was a kid, I was a little more of an aggressive guy. And as you get older, now you said you have kids. What do you do to get yourself both in shape and keep your kind of I mean, it, it, it's motivation? a it's a a support system. It's a feeding thing. Like even when my career wasn't going where it was supposed to be, I had uh, other fighters in the gym. Uh, again, like Bilal Muhammad, even Mike, and other guys. We come in and, and we feed off each other. We push each other. And so even when you might not have nothing going. If you can get in there and help somebody else achieve their dream, it, it keeps you going. Yeah. How about you, Mike? I mean, you've gotten a – you're not – how old are you? 30, 32. 32, and you just had your first little boy who's an absolute adorable little guy. What about you? I mean, what keeps you motivated to stay in shape like that? Because, I mean, I, I just – I lose that motivation as I, I've gotten older. I think it kind of goes back to the whole wrestling mentality. Growing up, you, you, you wrestle for so long. You're, even if you didn't wrestle that long, you're – 
it's such a grind doing it. When you're done doing it, you're like, man, I want that grind back. You, you just never lose it. You want it, you want it, you want it. And it goes back to like, you know, working or business or something like that. Just you, once you wrestle, you never feel like you're going to be satisfied with something you do. And it's the biggest thrill competing or wrestling or just even in the room with these yeah. guys. Like, like I'll, I tend to wrestle and, and train until I'm literally can't move. I mean, I'll get wiser and smarter about it, but I plan on doing this for my entire life. And Lewis, you do a lot of coaching and training of uh, inner city kids and kids who, um, you know, are at risk as well, correct? Uh, yeah, I've done. And um, <clears throat> I've always just tried to keep a door open if, if you want to walk through it. Yeah, you. so you're, in, again, I could be wrong. Your nickname used to be Handguns, and you've switched it to Put the Guns Down. What made you make that switch? And I'll let you explain the idea of Put the Guns Down. Yeah, um, I still consider myself uh, Lewis Handguns Taylor. That was the, the nickname, stage name that I came in with. Uh, Put the Guns Down is, is the message that I, I strive to, to give everybody who might look up to me and those who know where I'm from. You know, you could always say put the guns down, but, you know, people don't know you, so they don't really, eh, whatever. But people who know where I'm at, know where I'm from, they know they know that, I, I, you know, I'm plagued by violence. There's not nothing that pretty much goes on in this city that I don't have an idea if it's not affecting the shooter or, or the victim, it's the shooter, it's something. You know, you, you always, when you're always touched, the only thing you can, you can lean back on is to just try to be positive and try to as you know i found a myself stepping away from the inner city and 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 as i stepped away i don't i don't want to isolate myself but negativity breeds more negativity so i found myself in a gym around positive people and and even though some of these people are police officers firemen etc they might carry a gun but it's it's hand-to-hand combat be a man first and i believe that uh, a lot of these inner city kids are so scared of a fist fight. They're so scared to lose a fight, you know, or anything. You know, they'll. A lot of these guys, they've shot guns, but they've never even. They're too literally. They 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 fear an an ass whooping, you know. Yeah. And and I feel like, um, put the guns down and you know just refine yourself as a man before you look for the look for a tool to 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 end the disputes. Yeah, and it's a great point. I feel like a lot of people would avoid violence if you had to actually get in a hand-to-hand combat situation. And I also feel, I, I obviously cannot fight like you two can. I started karate when I was four and eventually did jiu-jitsu, uh, did a little bit of boxing. But when I started at four, I remember the best thing my parents ever did for me was put me in something martial arts-based because the discipline in it. And then you, I think you get a very good self-understanding of, you don't need to carry an ego. You're not the baddest guy in the room at all times. I mean, you're the baddest no. guy in this room. <laughs> no. But no. you know, I gotta start training harder, man. I yeah. I'm gonna keep teasing you about this, man. and then when you leave, he's gonna kick my butt, and then you're not gonna be here to protect <laughs> me. But it's, uh, I, I agree, and um, it's great that you're taking, you know, your fame and you know uh, your success, and then bringing it back to the city of Chicago and trying to help how you can because it yeah. needs it. Yeah, it, it, it goes back to say. Um, I never walk into any situation thinking I'm the baddest person in there. I think each man is, is stands on equal ground, and if you you know, um, and and just a humble respect for 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 each person, and that's that's again, when when you train, you don't 
have the unnecessary, you know, that need to try to flex or yeah. or or try to intimidate people. And again, that that when I meet people like that, that just goes to show you how scared, how that really they try to act so tough because it's a little boy inside that never grew up. Yeah, and I saw that um, the city of Chicago actually had the um, on their website they had a put the guns down link where they're trying to make an initiative to kind of push that put the guns down mindset it, it is it is it's um there's a um i grow chicago which uh they they established their home base on 64th and uh honorary which is a the the next block over from where i grew up walcott which was 64th and honorary was deemed the worst block in chicago uh for drug murder everything else um and so Chicago and the mayor and everybody else, they they when they wanted to go to the heart of the situation and start there. So the put the guns down movement does originate there, and it it, it and it's still a um, it's still you know and, and again the crime moved to the next block and it spreads. But you're gonna have to keep chasing. It's not gonna just stop, you know, because the violence is 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 inbred. It's is is ongoing, and no one from the outside can tell somebody who is scared to walk outside the door not to carry a gun but you know if, if more people feel like you know it, it can be done then it'll be less shootings you know yeah it's a it's a tough thing I mean you've obviously lived through it and you've been there so you can directly impact people there because they'll listen to you you know you've lived through it and unfortunately a lot of people don't ever get out of that situation you had the foresight to begin wrestling and and you took your life to obviously a very successful height now and i'm sure that there is a lot of kids there are a lot of kids in that area that probably look up to you at a very very high level and especially now and again my message to them is to stop stop trying to think only football only basketball you know there's other lanes to, to, to find your, your way out, out of the hood, you know. But unfortunately, um, life, like most social media, is a popularity contest. Yeah. And so kids, they don't look at soccer. They don't look at tennis. They don't look at – I'm like, you're athletic. It's in you. Focus, you know, you can, you can do more. But everybody's falling into the basketball lane, and then only 2% is going to make it there. The rest of them are going to fall by the wayside, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to try to become a successful person, whether it's athletics or not. And yeah, unfortunately, it's almost like social media has a blessing and has a, has a curse. It gives you access to people that you might not have been able to learn from in the past. You know, people can see what you're doing, be inspired by you. But also then everybody else has this kind of like persona of trying to be you great. Know, the, the great guy on Instagram. Yeah. It yeah, might it, be a complete facade. It, 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 a lot of times it is, whether it's from the male or the female perspective, which is... You know, um, two years ago we had to bury, uh, you know, Instagram, Instagram, Insta famous uh, young lady from my neighborhood, and you know, thousands of followers on on Instagram, and beautiful young lady had a couple kids, but when it came time to bury her, you know, it took the family weeks and weeks and weeks to generate the revenue, and I'm like, where's all that money that in all these rich guys that was hanging around you when you were alive, you know, like like, and it's the same thing for these drug dealers or street hustlers again uh they they live you know they have no sense of, of they put all that burden on their family and they, they just live for today it's only life is for today there's no sense of growing old or 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 living for tomorrow you know that's why everybody keeps asking me what did you buy what did you do and i'm like i pay for my house yeah. oh what kind of car you get 
my Ford Fusion. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't have enough money to go buy another car. I'm like, uh, I need to make more money, and then I'll look into maybe getting something else. Yeah, we were talking off air. You know, people think, oh, a million, a million dollars is not. Trump change. People are going to start messaging me like, oh, <laughs> you brat. They're not Trump. It's not Trump change. But we spoke off air. You know, a million dollars. You actually said it best. A million dollars now really only feels like it's two hundred thousand dollars because you got to pay your taxes. You got um, two two uh, two daughters, and you got a family, and you you have to plan for the future. And MMA is one of those things where, again, we talked off air. People don't get it. You know, if you have a bad day in basketball, you just lost the basketball game. You have a bad day in MMA, you could not fight again. It's it's entirely possible that you're injured to a point that you can't or effectively fight again. Yeah, for a long time. But that's one thing I, I will say that I, I I tried to never question God and the path that um, I've been on and all the doors that's been shut in my face and the, the foot that I always felt that was on my throat. Um, but I never questioned it. I just stayed positive and chucked forward and kept driving for my goal was to be a world champion. Not necessarily the money, but to finish this sport telling the world that I, you know, that I didn't waste my time at it. You know, that I, I had a goal and I set out to accomplish it. But long story short is if I would have probably got 100000 here, 50000 there, I would have probably grabbed that car. I would have probably grabbed that Rolex watch, whatever it was, that Gucci, that this, that, that. I would have blew the money. You know what I'm saying? Getting it late and getting it in a chunk is probably the best way to, to get it, you know, because that way I can manage it a lot better. And I have a, I've, I've, I've matured in a sense, to, you know. Yeah, and, and I think, to be honest with you, and this is just thinking out loud, your grit and your ability to overcome so many struggles and everything you've seen, at some point when you decide you don't want to do this anymore, it seems like you could probably do this for another 10, 15 years. You, you'd seem fit, and you definitely don't look 40. Um, you're, you'll be an incredible business person. I equate like that grind and just never quitting to just all business people become great business people because they've grinded through that stuff. Oh, thank you. That's the goal. That's why I'm, I'm here at this table with great business people, which I'm trying to learn. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine... Even in a business, if you if you have struggles for two, three, four, five years, most people can just kind of close up shop and then be like, okay, all my losses are gone. The effort it takes to get yourself in the shape you have to be in, to get yourself ready, the physical, the mental anguish that you have to put yourself through to get to a pro MMA fight and then not be able to just step into a bigger position quickly because you're being held back, probably 99% of fighters just get tired of it and they're like I'm done I'm done you grinded through that for 12 years to get to yeah. a world championship and, and, and the scary part is <clears throat> I get messages from parents messages from fighters from all around the world America here too as well and the night not the naive uh, naive naive the night being naiveness that the, the sense of it is it's just crazy. They like, yeah, my son's doing MMA. Uh, you know, I told him I know a fighter. Uh, I want to get him either UFC or Bellator. Can you put a call in for me? I'm like, dude. You know, like, <laughs> sure. I'll call Uncle Dana. <laughs> yeah, hold on. I'm still yeah. waiting on my next one. Yeah, he wants to make his pro, pro, pro debut for the UFC. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm like. He's not Jordan Burroughs, so that <laughs> yeah. won't happen. No, you know, but in, in, in a sense that. People think that fighting is really throwing two fists, and and they don't they don't know the history of fighting and how it continually evolves. You know, 
you know, it's 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 it's, it's nonstop. You know, jujitsu is constantly evolving. Uh, striking is constantly evolving. You know, wrestling, every, you know, it, it's nonstop. In the minute you take your foot off the gas, the minute that young whippersnapper is, is, is hunting you down. Yeah, and it's crazy that you're, you've been successful for a very long period of time because, like you said, the sport's changed a lot. You don't see a lot of the guys that are from 35 to, like, their early 40s um, competing as well as they do against guys who are in their 20s and doing things completely differently now. Right. Like, the striking, like you said, it's evolved so much. It's so different. I mean, like you look at like a, I don't want to use him as an example, but BJ Penn, you know, mm -hmm. he was so dominant and his game, he's obviously slowed down and he's gotten older, but his game hasn't changed that much. No. But then you watch kind of like how the game has evolved and it's just, it's yeah. kind of walked right past them. But uh, congratulations. I mean, it's, it's cool to watch. Um, it was cool to watch the Grand Prix and it's, uh, I mean, I've known Mike for a while, so I've kind of known of what you're doing through Mike and watching you get to the point that you've gotten to and how much impact I honestly feel like you're probably giving to so many young people in the inner city is, is really awesome to watch. It's very, very oh, thanks. cool. Thanks. Bringing in uh, Mike Cannon as well. He was a gym owner uh, yeah. at Elite Fitness. Um, he, he did a lot for the uh, local south, south, sub, sub, south suburb community as well. He, he had his gym open to me and other fighters too. We would uh, use that as a second home. Yeah, Mike, was that your first business? It was, yeah. And you opened your first business in 2011? You were 2024. 24. It's crazy. So I think, when was it? I opened my first business at 24. So same age. And at that point at 24, you literally feel like you don't know jack shit. Nothing. And it's, it's crazy because I remember taking the risk. And I think in the moment, I didn't appreciate how big of a risk it was to open a business because you just don't know. Um, so kudos to you to doing that. So that was number one. And then how did that transition? You still have it? No, I don't. Okay. No. I, I, when I closed the gym, about 2009. Okay. Yeah. Or well, open two, I mean, uh, 2000. I forget. So we, was it gym 2009? I, I don't even remember. Yeah. yeah. It was only four years. Four years. We had the okay. gym for four years. So very, it was 2000, cool. say 2011 to 2000. When did you start training? Um, I, right out of high school. Okay. I started training right out of high school. Did you wrestle Joe in high Gray school? Too. I did. Okay. Saint Rita, a good wrestler. Saint Rita, one always. of the better schools around that area. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. he has a all South. I know he's a, he's a brother of Rice guy, so we were yep. talking about it. Who actually yeah, yeah. grew up in somewhere of the same neighborhood as right by Bogan. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Right I by Bogan. actually my uh, Bogan again. My head coach uh, Ken Bringy went over to Brother Rice. He's a wrestling coach over there now. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, Coach Wick, I think it was. Uh, oh yeah. At, uh, and so again, uh, Saint Rita used to open their doors for us on weekends on Saturdays, so we can go over there and um, get our butts kicked. <laughs> but appreciate it because me being a city kid who only started wrestling my junior year, ended my sophomore year, I needed to catch up and catch up quick. You know, <laughs> so getting with those guys, Malik Elliott and T.J. Williams and people like that. Help helps big names. <clears throat> help push it, push me faster. My you know my learning curve. That's crazy. So you started wrestling in your sophomore slash junior year, and yeah. then you placed at state. Yeah, twice. That's crazy. Yeah, they, he's they, the most athletic person. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. ridiculous, and that's why you ask why he's forty years old. When I'm forty, and if I look and feel like that, I'll be <laughs> blessed and above. Well, you feel like you're twenty two years old too when somebody grapples with you. It's know. like a vice yeah, grip grabs yeah, a hold of you. I, I feel like I'm at that age thirty two right now, where everybody says you hit thirty. And like the world's thrown at you, man, it's not, it's not a lie. Yeah. It hits you and it's like, damn, your body starts to get sore. You get hung over. Like, oh, I yeah, never got a yeah, hangover until yeah. I was 30. We all know I can party. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, 
Well, ask John how it feels when he gets to 50. But um, I'm closing in. He's closing, closing in. in. He's closing, closing yep. in fast. I am. So you did the gym, and then you had a bars and bar. restaurants right bar, after yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. When was the first bar and restaurant? Uh, the, so the gym was 2011. The bar was at the end of 2011, and I opened it in 2012. So okay. I bought it 11, opened it in 12. Uh, they both did pretty well. And I'm thinking, hey, man, I can just jump right back into another business. So I um, bought a bar that was just need to be taken over and I put the money into it and put dumped a bunch of money like that I thought I was gonna hey I'm gonna return because I already did successful on two other ones yeah and then I got the fire department call and anybody that owns any sort of restaurant and bar everybody knows you gotta be there it doesn't matter even if you pop your head in you know you gotta be there three four times a week if not every single day and I just wasn't there and right from there it's like downhill so you got the firefighter call that was 2014 yeah so you were running two businesses. You were like 24, 25 years old and then jumped into being a firefighter yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, you're you're just like him. I mean, yeah. maybe it is the wrestling grind. That is a very grindy thing to do. And you're still a firefighter, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Best job ever. Thank you for that. That is a, um, it's an incredibly dangerous job that I think people don't fully understand. And I've watched uh, some cams of firefighters going into places. And I'm just like, man, I'm, I'm an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> But no, thank you. Yeah, sometimes yeah, so. you, it hits you. Sometimes it's fun. It's like it's super adrenaline. It gets you back going. But you know, there's a few times where you'll be like, "Oh shit!" This is Let's, yeah. Yeah. No, thank you guys. When everybody's running out or wants to get out, you guys are going in to do that. And so you kept the restaurant business while you were a firefighter, mm-hmm. and then um, you maintained a firefighter. Still have the restaurant? I still have one bar. One bar. Mike's, okay. Yeah. Cool. Mike's. Um, I just I felt like yeah, cool kept it original. Yeah, original very, very crazy name there, Mike's. Yeah, I thought it was just too much to balance at once. And then, yeah, so now that you still have it, do you, do you stop in or do you have somebody else to help? Not as much as I should. Yeah, it's kind of running its own. Well, you also just had a kid. I did. It's a beautiful baby boy, Kayla Michael. Yeah, and he, four right. months on the line. He was four months on the line. Facebook, yeah, and, and you can see all those. He's so strong. He's made uh, after his daddy. Uh, they, got, they got singlets already made for him. Yeah, but, but Mike's selling this stuff short still. Mike still would almost be training almost full time. Also, as well as he ran businesses and uh, fire department, and he was still being a gym training and pushing not just himself, other fighters as well. You know, Mike, that's the one thing, and I'm glad you touched on that, that you're, you're great at with all of your friends is you're very supportive of your friends in all the difficult work that you do, but you're, you're always helping try to bring everybody else up. I mean, you're very thoughtful of everybody else around you while maintaining a full-time job as a firefighter, having a restaurant, which, a is, which is incredible. And a father <laughs> yeah, now, it's which is incredible. Ever. It's the best job ever. Yeah, yeah well, we got lunch the other day, and I feel like your son can already beat me in an arm wrestle. He's the best. I feel, I feel like you're already training him to be able to beat everybody at an arm wrestle. <laughs> He'll, or at He'll least be doing Double leg everybody soon. He'll be doing it soon. Awesome. And are you planning on keeping the the bar? I don't. To me, I think the bar business, unless you're in guys, I mean, everybody knows Luke. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's watching, I think. Those having that those type of businesses, it's it's extremely hard, and unless you're kind of at at that caliber, you really don't make much money. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't, I'm not saying you won't make much money in a local bar, but I mean, I've known a lot, a lot of friends and a lot of people that own local bars. They don't make the money like you think they do. It's a risk they too. Don't. So it's, it's like a huge risk. You're, you're making some money, but the risk of losing yeah. a lot of money yeah. is very, very high. And I know this because uh, we're friends. You've transitioned to investing in real estate, which yes. is a smart thing. And you've done that for a long time, right? Um, well, I bought a house when I was 19. Which is crazy. Yeah. Mm. I worked very hard growing up. Yeah. And I kind of, 
deteriorated a little bit and I got a little sidetracked and that's why I thought like I lost a lot of that money in the bar but it was a big op- like eye opener like hey I could buy some property and the property's always going to be there somebody's always got to have somewhere to live whether they want to own it or rent it so if I have a house and a property somebody's always going to want to live or rent in it but if I have a bar it's like I have to convince people hey come in I got the best bar you know but in Chicago, at least, because there's so many Chicago-based jobs that yeah. you have to live in Chicago. Well, it's like I tell everybody, I'm biased, obviously, because I own a real estate brokerage and I love real estate. But it's a way to invest long-term in your retirement. And it's like, you know, you're both in pretty dangerous professions. I know, Mike, you know, as a firefighter, you guys do have pensions. Who knows by the time you retire if those things yeah, will be around. Both, yeah. You know, it's dangerous to just rely on something like that. But you guys... Um, you know, are both in a really dangerous profession. And Mike, you've obviously also fought professionally, but that whole knowing at 19 to start planning for your retirement is crazy. I mean, I, I at 19 was never thinking about planning for my retirement. I it was always, never even a thought. Always, always. Like, since I was, you could ask anybody in my family, my friends, I always thought about money. Not, not, not it's the only thing in the world, but just like, man, because we didn't struggle, struggle growing up, but we just, like, I went on one vacation growing up. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I want to buy my miles something. I want to do something. You know, I want to go. Out, I want to go out and have fun with my friends. And you had to work for that. So when you work for it, and and like again, I really credit wrestling to. I honestly think wrestling saved my life for multiple reasons. Yeah. It it made me. I made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of things. But going back, you just grind and grind and grind. And it's I'll like, never. Be, I could have twenty million dollars in the bank, and I'd feel like I had twenty. Man. Yeah, he's one definitely. If you know him, he's one of the <clears throat> most driven, tenacious people. Uh, who's never necessarily comfortable or satisfied with well, somebody else might be like, all right, I'm a firefighter, I'm done. I'm going to just, you know, sit, put my feet up. Mike's like, yo, I got that, now what's next? Well, I feel like you, you guys are both like that. I, I feel like, and maybe it is a, a correlation between kind of wrestling and obviously, Lewis, you, you um, and Mike, I know you were in the south suburbs, but obviously not in... I grew up in the south side. South side too. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's a idea of some people, you said some people are satisfied where they're at or they're not making the, the move to get out of there. You both have done incredible jobs of taking your lives and transitioning them into yeah. something that's way better for you guys. I actually just had this discussion with a few of my buddies from the firehouse. Like, if you're from the south side, it's like a black hole. Like, mm-hmm. I hate to say it. I mean, like, you're so, everybody, nobody wants to see you succeed. So mm-hmm. you get so comfortable. You're marrying the same girls you grew up with. You're... You're never leaving, and you're so comfortable with your with your life there. I'm not saying it's bad; it's for some people, but that was never for me. I always wanted to get a little bit, reach outside of the box and stuff like that. So, how do you manage your time? Because I know on the firehouse, horribly. horribly. Yeah. Well, you probably think that, but you probably do a better job than you think. Um, Women are always going to think you're managing. I'm on the go. I'm on the go 24/7. But you know, so you guys are. I could be wrong again. It's 48 hours on, 48 hours off, right? 24 on, 48 off. 24 on, 48 There's a lot of perks with the city jobs. Okay. But you have to really then, so because when you're on, you're on. And then when you're off, you got to take some time to recover. How do you manage kind of, I'm going to train, I'm going to make sure I still run a business, look into my investments, and have the ability to go back and be, because when you're on work, if if a call comes in, you got to be a hundred percent. You oh, have yeah. to be on, yeah. so you can't be like, oh, I'm I'm exhausted today. How yeah. do you manage that? Well, some days that you're at the firehouse, you'll get five, six, ten calls, depending on where you're at. What, what busy? I'm in a kind of a busy area. Some days you get twenty, and then the next day you had to go. Like I would have to go to the bar or something. I'd be like, man, I just I'm not a hundred percent into this. I don't even want to be here right now. Yeah, you know, and and I like I said, I, I kind of I grew up pretty young. I mean, I grew up pretty fast, pretty young. So like. Those years of like, man, I want to do this every single day were kind of past me. Yeah. So I started to like 
I'm like, I really love training. That's more important right now than going to the bar. So my time management was towards what was making me happy and instead of what I should have been handling at the time. Mm-hmm. So when I learn how to kind of just balance both of those, it, it's a bit, you got to sit back and really realize what, what's the most important, important right now. And then that will make you happy because you're stress-free. Yeah. Did becoming a firefighter and just being busy kind of take away from wanting to push pro MMA to kind of like a level like Lewis is at now? What was it? it, it are you asking why I stopped or why? Yeah, yeah, why? Like, was there something that said, hey, listen, I... I yeah, I mean, it goes back path. to like we were talking about earlier. I had a... Uh, I, I, I personally think I could have made a pretty good run for it. I mean, I've been told by a lot everybody, of Everybody who's ever known you has said that you could. So, I mean, even recently, Bilal was trying to get me to start fighting again. He goes, man, I'm telling you, we'll put you to the next limit. But it goes to like what we were saying earlier. It, all these fighters that have put so many hours and so many time into the gym and they don't get any reward for it. There's guys like Conor McGregor, who's doing his thing. You can't hate it. Yeah. And he's making a name for himself. He's doing all this disrespectful stuff, but he's doing it. But then there's a guy who would beat the living shit out of McGregor, who's, who, who no, nobody will ever know who he is. Yeah. Nobody. And there's guys that I go in the gym, I'm like, who the hell is this kid? <laughs> yeah. And nobody even knows him. Yeah. And, it, you know, there's like, that's why I kind of stepped away from the game. It turned into, like, who's the flashiest and who's this. It's the social media game, you know? Yeah. And not, not who's the best. Yeah. MMA, quickly, uh, me being an older guy, I was here when it was kind of on the <clears throat> probably stage B um, after the, you know, say Stephen Bonner, Forrest, Forrest Griffin, when there was a lot of uh, local all around the uh, globe uh, promotions popping up, and, and they were paying. There was people pump, pumping money into you. You have sponsors. You know, yeah. they would give you money, but – at some point, it all dried up. Yeah. So the cost to train dries up, and people don't understand that little 500 bucks that you might give a fighter to put on a banner that nobody ever might even really see your banner, or it, to you it might not, you know, translate as making sense. Mm-hmm. For that fighter, Huge. it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot because the fight itself they might make, and they even it's fighting is the only sport that I know because of the because of the demand. Of, of young people wanting to be fighters, it, 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 it outgrew the actual, you know. So, like, they came in, I just want to fight. You know, I'll fight for nothing. I'll fight for free, you yeah, know. And, and And they, they literally killed the market. You understand? I, I, I my, made my pro debut. I was making, like, 500 bucks. And then it was growing on a scale. When all these young talents came in, promoters go, wait, I don't need you. I can get five guys to fight for $100 or $200 instead of paying you 2000 you know. And so then, for me, I never wanted to treat myself like a prostitute. I'm like, I'm going to, this is what I think I'm worth. Even if that right. amount wasn't, a, you know, a lot, you're not going to give me less than a month's rent to, to go step in a cage and get punched in the mouth, you know. So I'm like, at least let it cover my month's rent. But the way these promoters are right now, and the way these young, dumb kids who don't understand that they are actually shooting themselves in the foot, they, they are killing the market, you know? I agree. I, I never understood that I'll fight for anything. It's like, you don't understand. Like, you, <laughs> you got to put a value on you. I even say this to business people. Your hour has a worth on it. When you become a business person, you're a business yeah. person. As a fighter, you're a business person. You know your worth and you know how long it takes you to train. You know what it's worth for you to have to get in there. And then on top of that, risk your livelihood, which is something a business person like me, if I go to work, 
and my hour is wasted or I failed at my hour, again, I lost my hour. I didn't lose my health because of that hour. It's such a stupid thing. And I remember the banners, you know, like M1, Strikeforce, all, all the other promotions. You could have like tens of thousands of dollars just on a banner in your shorts and then kind of the Reebok thing happened and yeah. then all that stuff was kind of going away, which sucks. Yeah, it took a lot of money. Out of a lot of took a lot of money away from people who were not, like we said, the Conor McGregors and yeah. maybe, I mean, Cowboy makes decent that, That's money a big now. reason I stopped. Do yeah. I want the fire department's 100 guaranteed full benefits, everything? <laughs> Or do I want to take a chance? Maybe I'll make a couple hundred grand a year. Yeah. Where's it at in five years, six years? You never know. Right. So I yeah. kind of just step back and yes. say, hey, let's take definite. Well, Lewis, you are uh, way more mature mentally than a- a- anybody probably, especially 12 years ago when this was kind of getting in there where you were like, hey, I got a worth. I'm going to fight for my worth. Yeah. You know, uh, <clears throat> when I, when I, when I, you know, you can't, I came into the game when I was trying to calculate how much money I could make and what I should make. And, and et cetera. And then when I saw this rush of talent, of, you know, of people who just was fighting for anything, and I go, what are you doing? And then I noticed that even, the, you know, the promotion started dying, the money they wanted to give you started drying up. And I'm like, bro, people, they like, you know, they'll offer you like right now. If I stop through it, I'll give you 500 and 500. I'm like, bro, I made that when I debuted. You know, like, I'm like, eight, nine, ten fights in now, you know, I was supposed to be making your scale goes up, not backwards, especially when you haven't really lost. Right. Um, but again, uh, until there's no union in MMA, there's no, 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 no classes, no, 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 even the coaches and the management, they don't even know how they're hurting. Like, it's just like in a UFC, this is why I, I credit even myself. I didn't know that there was that much money when I look at someone like Conor McGregor. People, even people who had been in the game didn't realize that they were all still getting peanuts. Yeah. And then Conor came like, yo, I want $200 million. Oh, you're crazy. He goes, 100 Oh, he got it? Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you know, like, wait, wait. You know, but if you don't know that you're worth more, the person who's making the top dollar is not going to go just tell you. Yeah, I mean, love him or hate him, I always say this. He, he has shown a lot of people that, the ability to bargain for your worth at a very high level. He just kind of digs his heels in and says no until he gets what he wants. And I just read an article, I don't know if it was clickbait or not, that Sylvester Stallone was offering oh, yeah, some, offered of his, some of the shares. Actually shares. Yeah. I mean, because it, he deserves it or something. Yeah, he, he does deserve it. And, and I appreciate so. Yeah, Sylvester as a fighter, and you know, not an actor fighter, but he still has been in the gym long enough to appreciate real fighters. And that's something, even you know, he, you know so with Connor knowing... And then he knows he moves the needle. You know, right. he knows that he has a fan base and love him or hate him. Uh, he, he has he has progressed the sport. He's making it so all of us are eating more. I probably wouldn't had got the check I got right now if it wasn't for Connor. You know, it would have been a, oh, we're going to do a tournament, 50000 to the winner, you know. And people would have jumped on it because it's yeah. $50, $20 more than you would have gotten in a different promotion. And, and people would have jumped on it. Exactly. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see now with them going to ESPN and not having pay-per-view, how he's going to strategically negotiate it because your pay-per-view buys kind of have gone away where before he was getting a portion of the pay-per-view buys. And I heard that with the ESPN deal now, it's, it's a set amount every time. So he doesn't really have the pay-per-view mm. aspect of it. So it's yeah, different. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll see, I'm not even in that bracket conversation, so yeah. I don't know how that one. Yeah, works. I read. I read. It I only. On, I only watch fights. Like I don't even. Get I read it on MMAfighting.com, yeah. so I could be totally wrong. No, too. no, no. I no. rarely watch fights yeah. unless these guys blow him, yeah. Clay, or something like that. Blow's last fight was crazy yeah. too. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, Clay just fought BJ. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is another good one. 
I mean, that's the only time I watched that was hard. Get into it with Either guys. way, that would have gone. It would have broke hearts. <laughs> oh, I know, man. Clay's Clay's a very honestly a very good friend of mine. Yeah, it, it's hard to see BJ like the guy's worth twenty two million dollars. What are you fighting for? Yeah, I mean, it's but that goes back to like if you're if you're a fighter and you're truly a warrior at heart, you're never gonna give it up. No, and he and, I, and his family was well off before, before he even started fighting, uh, but he he just does it for for himself, but. Like I said, when I started fighting as a coach, and I would I was done competing, but I felt the desire to still compete. Even now, um, people are like, are you done? I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty much I'm I'm getting close to being done, but I don't want to leave money on the table as well. Right. You know, I want to make sure because I, I I feel like I've earned more money. You know, so I want to when I do retire, I want to take as much uh, off with me. That, that that you know that I left because people were like oh you made that no but I've I've been in this game a long time even say I got twelve years that's still less than a hundred thousand dollars a year right. you know so they still owe me technically another two hundred thousand <laughs> yeah right so if so looking to fight again obviously oh yes yes awesome because you I mean being the PFL middleweight champion and winning that Grand Prix definitely opens doors to hopefully bigger paychecks going forward yeah either bigger paychecks bigger opportunity uh, opportunities um, but if if there is no more fights, I'm cool. Okay. Uh, and if there is, I'm, you know, I'm down. Uh, I want to fight. I still feel like I, I can fight. I can compete with the best um, inside the UFC, outside the UFC. I don't really care. Um, yeah. You know, I just I just know that if you put another man in front of me, um, I'm gonna try to tear his head off. Well, by watching, would the, you want the Rolex still? You mentioned because he's got one on. Yeah, <laughs> don't beat I, me up I, for it. I yeah. got one in the house. No, no, just it's um. No, I mean obviously watching your your um, your Grand Prix, I think you can hang with anybody, and I think it's it's also astonishing that you've been able to keep that level of fitness. Mike said, you know, you're a uh, uh, genetic marvel. It's, un- it's unreal. Honestly. Yeah, it's it's crazy it's under- to get to that. Age. <laughs> Ask anybody like Dan, with like, it's kind of crazy. It's you see some people who at a certain age, like a Dan Henderson and Randy Couture, like at a later age, like. Psst, Still had like really yeah. good fitness. It's because of the wrestling, for one, and uh, and and um, and all those guys just like myself. They all started late, you know. I forgot the age of Randy and and, and Hendo. You know, they we they started late, uh, but you you know, and so you took like less damage, less damage, and, and and a lot of these fights take years off of fighters' lives, and that's another thing I, I have a complaint with the the youth. I'm often telling them, like, why are you in there, you know, playing rock'em, sock'em robot when you could have just got them out of here? You know, I just want to put on a show for the fans. I'm like, bro, there's there's 200 people here. I'm like, no one's going to see this fight. Your parents and family only want to see you win. They don't care if you do it in three seconds or not. You know, get in there, get the job done, and get out. Save that. When that war comes, it's coming if you stay in the sport long enough. Right. Uh, don't don't rush to get into it. Even John Jones said it when he fought Augustus, and he's like, "I always want to be in one of those wars. I don't anymore." Right. You know, like, you know, it it's, takes years off your life. It's long lasting. We had Daniel Carcillo on here, who's a um, ex uh, and he was two time Stanley Cup uh, Blackhawks player, and he was talking about CTE and and you know concussions and post concussion syndromes and stuff. And it's a real thing. And f- when you're train, some people train like that too. They fight like that. They train like yeah. that. That's not the smartest way to have a long term career. No, I can I can count the times I've been concussed on one hand, 
and almost none of them have came in the cage. No, <laughs> you know they never do. Yeah, so so I think the first time I got concussed was with uh, Mike uh, training at Elite. Not uh, what I took. Uh, I took a shot, and it wasn't a punch. I just hit my head on the floor. You know. Then I come up. That's just how quick I was. <laughs> <laughs> now you see, now you don't. See, when I said Mike, I meant his gym. Yeah. <laughs> but, but um, sorry, sorry, Mike. Yeah, but no, but but the thing is, and even sometimes I had to I had to pull back because even in last year's tournament, I got a concussion maybe two weeks before I had a fight, and so I. But of course, I realized, fudge, you know, I just got a concussion. And, I, and so I had to pull back on my sparring. I had to pull back on everything because I didn't want to – I had to take the precautions. And I did. But when it came down to me and fighting uh, Rex, Rex Harris, uh, then I realized my timing was off because I hadn't been really sparring for the last two weeks. And I was punching and, and I was off by, you know, like a foot. And I'm like, whoa, you know. And, and my, you know, but, but, again, I was able to just use heart and grit to find a way to win that fight. You know what's crazy about MMA, too, as opposed to other professional sports? You know, LeBron had a bad year. It was a bad year. He's going to be fine next year. MMA is so... Your last fight just really has such a crazy effect. You know, you could win 15 in a row, and then if you get knocked out quickly in your last fight because somebody caught you with a quick punch, then everybody remembers that last fight. They forget oh, yeah. 15 fights where you won... They just remember that last one, and it's such a it's such a tough thing. It, it, it is, but I would say it's better than boxing because yeah. in boxing you can be forty and oh, you get one loss. Now they act like you're straight trash, right? Now, but at least with MMA, you get that loss and you you can get back in there and then redeem you. And people look at some of the greatest fighters have losses on their record. If if MMA was boxing, Conor would never be where he's at. Right. Because he already had losses on his Five record. They, you know, the support wouldn't be there, you know? Do you find that boxing has a lot of padded, like you get a lot of guys yeah. fighting, obviously guys that are like It's corrupt. It's the most corrupt thing in the world. Yeah. Some of my, like, very, very close friends, I won't mention me because I'm probably mad about the story, <laughs> but he's been screwed by over by Don King so many times. So this is years ago. It's the most corrupt sport ever. Yeah. And it's... Um, you know, MMA, almost every time you go out, you, you might have a guy who's not that tough. But at your level, at least, Lewis, every guy is going to be really tough. Yeah. There's, not a, there's not a walk in the park for you. No, and, and that's the thing about it. Uh, that's why where last year I was able to actually show the world that um, I can do more than one thing. Like, they put me in there with some people who they thought was going to outstrike me. I outstruck them. People who had better ground games. Oh, he's a third degree black belt. You know, I outgrappled them. People, you know, even even in the finals, you know, uh, world class Muay Thai wrestler. What is he gonna do? I'm still gonna win because that's what I'm in there to do. I don't care how I win. I just want to make sure at the end of the night my hand gets raised. Yeah. No, I love that, and it's the uh, your grind and grit has really kind of. I, I remember. Watching your uh, your record was like guilty, 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 and then it was a lot of like winning in all different types of ways. Like you've won every which way from a decision to a knockout to yeah. everything. Yeah, I mean the thing is, even those guillotines, for the most part, came after punches. You yeah. know, I would hit guys, and then they would go, "Oh crap!" and then they would shoot. shoot. <laughs> you yeah. know, and so I I just became you know I just knew that once I touch you, and the people feel like what it feels like when they really get hit. They, 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 you know, they, they just automatically turn to wrestling, even if they're not a good wrestler. <laughs> so if either one of you grab John in a in a guillotine and mm -hmm. you start to, I actually might for that whole brother rice talk from earlier. <laughs> um, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> who would who would make John go unconscious faster? 
I mean, we can watch this. John, we'll just turn the camera sure. over here and <laughs> sure. we'll just see how this pans out. They got to sign a waiver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're in wheelhouse. I don't mind. I'll sign off on it. Depends. Does he pull guard? <laughs> yeah. What do you think of guard pullers? Come on, man. What say, what, what, I forgot. I can't remember who. Don't quote me who it was, but it was some high-ranking Brazilian guy. He goes, you could start off as a black belt in an MMA fight. Every time you get hit, you get demoted. Yeah. <laughs> You'll end up as a white belt. Yeah. That's yeah, a, who said that? It was, uh, was it for your guard pillars? You're not really tough. You're only yeah. tough when there's no punches. I think that was, uh, who's the Gracie? The badass one who's had like the claim has had thousands Renzo? of fights. Oh, uh, Renzo. Hoist? I don't know. No. I know you're talking about. Someone's Isn't gonna, he just in Chicago? Yeah, yeah. I follow him. On <laughs> Maggie said, please don't. Smiley face. <laughs> no, you, we man. won't do that. <laughs> he needs to make it to vacation. Yeah, he's going to go on. Where are you going? Punta Cana. Punta Cana. But mm -hmm. we'll just wake you up. You just shake your knees in your chest or something. <laughs> Just hey man, you're in front of the camera already. So why don't we do it with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we'll just Not shake thanks. you and wake wake you up. I've see people don't realize Mo's actually a pretty good grappler. I don't think he ever talk, he never yeah. talks about it. No, I've actually been choked unconscious at IBJJF. I think I cut too much weight, and I just I don't like to tap the chokes unless they're real deep. And he had like a weird collar choke, and I was just like I was winning. I was up by a bunch of points. I just tucked my chin in. And I was just kind of defending, and then I woke up and I was like, ah. Oh, I looked over and I saw TK, and I'm like. Ah oh, fuck! I was like, oh, God damn it! And I got it's better up. than seeing Lawrence because I'd been really let down if Lawrence was there. Yeah, I think he was on the other side. He's he's probably, I was gonna say he's he was the side, on the other side winning. He's on the other side of the world because he doesn't like Chicago. He's on the other yeah. side of the world. Yeah, it's uh, that was a that was an interesting experience getting strangled completely unconscious. But I'll tell you, anytime I've ever boxed, that is a much more helpless feeling if you're losing because you can't tap. You can't be like, I yeah. give up, yeah. like getting hit. And I feel like you get a lot of jujitsu like guys. In a pool. You get a lot of jujitsu guys who feel like, oh, I'm going to, I could beat any, anybody's ass. And they don't realize, like, well, you get to tap out in jujitsu. And yes, you can probably beat up most people in a one on one fight, but a good wrestler who can punch you in the face probably can't beat him up. No. Yeah. That's why wrestling's life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think wrestling is a very underrated um, martial art. Uh, you know, people always, but again, it, but it, you have to pair it with jujitsu. If, but a wrestler who knows jujitsu is a problem because wrestlers, for some reason, we all have nice, a grounded stance of, so, you know, if we'll, we'll crack you with a nice overhand right or left in Mike's case, or put you on your back. And, and, and if it's a street fight, the concrete is not a mat. So it's, right. it's a difference. Well, George St. Pierre became so good because, and he wasn't a uh, wrestler growing up by That's like, trade. That's still crazy to me. But he became so good. So he just determined where the fight would go. Had a good jab and he just figured out, all right, I'll, I determine where the fight is. Yeah. You could teach majority of wrestlers how to do stand up. You can't teach a stand up guy to well, wrestle could, like George. It's, like, it's hard. It's, that's like I'm still amazed that he was able to do that. He's just that athletic. Yeah, like person. he had he 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 beat national champions in wrestling, but uh, at the same time, unlike say Askren or Khabib, these guys aren't abandoning their wrestling roots. Mm -mm. They're like, I'm just gonna outgress wrestle you. I'm yeah. not I'm not interested in throwing a punch. I'm just gonna grab you at when I get the chance and and pull you down and and beat you down. And so the difference is a lot of the earlier generations where even Askren is just now being rewarded for doing the same thing that Khabib is doing. And, and when Khabib, it, you know, I, you know I, I respect him to death, uh, but when Khabib was gaining his success, and I go, well, wait, everybody hated Askren. Yeah, they booed Dana, him for doing yeah, it. Yeah, Dana White hated Askren uh, for doing the same style. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm like, 
that that isn't it didn't make much sense to me i'm like you punished the american but praised the the russian i'm like and that was just another thing too about how americans don't support americans you know you see how the irish get behind uh connor and 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 that's what makes connor successful is yeah. is that push from his homeland in an entirely different country because when connor fights they travel they like no he you think he knows all he don't know them but they they travel you know the difference is i can fight you know in in new york and and 95% of the people I know are making an excuse of why they can't come, you know? Yeah. I, well, I went to the Mayweather-McGregor fight, not to the actual fight, but I was in Vegas for it, and the entire, all of Las Vegas was Irish. Yeah. And they were chanting it's from morning to night. Green. Yeah. We literally, we'd be playing blackjack at noon, and you had the fuck the Mayweathers chant. <laughs> the entire, they would get the whole casino going, and they were just chanting it up <laughs> and there doing the ole, ole, ole all day. And, 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 and Vegas is where Mayweather's from. Right. And so the thing is, I, I told people, even when, um, when Connor fought in New York against uh, Eddie Alvarez and won the second belt, and we had a bad night as far as uh, my team, and I was depressed, but it was so hard not to get swept up into the just the energy that the Irish people bring when they follow him and I was like wow it was just surreal you yeah. know they had a banner about the size of a street uh marching it down 7th street they shut the street off the cops couldn't do nothing they literally and this is New York no traffic was going through you know for like 50 until they got tired of taking over New York they couldn't do nothing you made a great point about Askren. I mean, his his style, like Khabib's, is drag you to the ground and impose his will where he's good at imposing his will. And he at, he's still undefeated, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was undefeated for you know a decade of doing MMA, but everyone's like, oh, he's boring, he's boring, he's boring. Khabib does the same thing. And, and it's exciting, you know. But I, I just think the MMA game has finally caught up to where a high-level wrestling could get respect. Yeah. And that and in that sense, I'm, I'm happy. Askren was... was, was you know, above his time, he's before his time, and he didn't get no love back then. But now people are like, wow, if yeah. you know, someone who can do that is awesome. Hey, he's also a funny guy. I mean, his his oh, he's the best. He's, yeah. he's boom roasted. Yeah. That's the greatest <laughs> thing. I mean, he quickly coming into the UFC, came into the UFC, and then went from being obviously kind of Dana's like, oh, I don't hate him, I don't hate him. You could tell Dana didn't like him very much, but got to a point where he's getting invited out to London during the um, yeah, question and the, uh, George Mostaval fight, the Q&A. So he's done a really good job of, with the short amount of time he's been in the UFC, really catapulting his name up there. I mean, he, he's already been a multi-world champion. Uh, uh, you know, the UFC for him is just the last horizon. Just like myself, if I was to get there, you know, it would be just the last hurrah. The thing that you wanted to do before you retired, but if it came, cool. If it didn't, cool. And now he's just living in a moment. He's fighting the guys he's looked up to. And, you know, he's like, ah, I'm a huge fan. I don't want to fight him. But that's who they want. They want to give him the guys he don't want to fight. But yeah. he's still making the best of the opportunity. He really wants that George St. Pierre fight. But I don't oh, think George yeah. is coming back for that. Not for that. Nah. That's too dangerous of a fight for George. George has always been smart. He yeah. got out when he could. He's injured. Yeah. He'll, he'll fight for a big pay. Well, he wanted the Khabib fight. But that for the UFC, if George came in and embarrassed Khabib and then was like, hey, I'm out because he was only going to do one and then peace out. Then you ruined your other draw too. But Khabib's smaller than Askren yeah. as, as well. It's you 155 know, 155. Yeah, and so, buck seven. Yeah, it, you know, so it's a, it's a difference. Saint Pierre said he was going to go to 55 for that fight. Yeah, that fight. that's crazy. He would have been crazy to make that because he was shredded at 185. Yeah. yeah, I don't see him making that weight though. And he's nah. older now. Yeah, it's hard. I used to even cut weight for jujitsu tournaments a bunch. Now I'm like, I can 
couldn't cut two yeah. pounds if you asked me to. And George isn't a small guy either. He's what six six feet six one. George, I think I don't know. I think he is smaller. He's like five. I think ten. he's shorter, he's but five. he didn't look that much smaller than Bisbing when they fought. And Bisbing used to fight at two hundred five mm-hmm. and went down to one eighty five. So one fifty five, he'd be a massive one fifty five. Yeah. I remember seeing actually. I was at the. I was there for a wedding, but it was the weekend that uh, Connor fought uh, Habib. I was in Vegas for a wedding, and I walked by Woodley, and I. I was like, whoa, I imagined him to be so much bigger. I mean, yeah. he was in a suit, so you couldn't see how jacked he was, but he wasn't that much taller than me. He's not that big. No. And I was like, whoa, he's not that big of a guy. What is like 5'9? Yeah. But yeah. A couple inches taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but not that big. But he's, you know, thick and muscular, you know, once you take him off. You got a shout out from Jason Moneybag Smith, said the king of Chicago's MMA, definitely showing you. He, uh, you can become whatever you want, uh, and being from the ghetto, hundred <laughs> percent. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then Roberto Ramirez said it was Carlson Gracie and Henzo Gracie that said that. Gotcha. I knew it was one of those. Who is Roberto Ramirez? <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's a. I don't know why he even tosses out, out there. Out. I don't know why he never mentions that he's good friends with Rampage. Uh, Seeing his career grow up too. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a fun Definitely. guy. Yeah, very. Did very, he get very you fun. fighting? No, he didn't get me fighting. Um, I just followed him, and then uh, you know, I just knew that 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 I could, you know, become successful if I followed that path. Yeah. You know, um, I watched him. You know, I watched him when he was dirt poor. You know, he used to literally just. I used to have to sneak him in our dorm room because he wasn't supposed to be on campus and and run food to him because he couldn't afford to eat. You know. Wow. You know, um, and then I remember driving him to the airport just so he could. Uh, Go because we had you know some girls out in Arizona, so he can go stay with some girls we just randomly met just because he was homeless at the time and didn't want to go home back to Memphis because he didn't want to give up on his dreams. And then he was like, email me on like Hotmail or something like, yo, I'm taking a fight. And then from there it was just busting skulls. Was that in Pride? No, that was his first one was in 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 California somewhere, I believe, or Arizona. And then after that, once he went to Japan and they saw. That power bomb, they just fell in love with him. Yeah, and he—I mean, he had a—he's a great self marketer, and then sidestep from MMA into acting too. What a, yeah. what a great transition and he made. He's—he's he's playing. Uh, video, he has a video game line on a uh, Twitch. He, you know, in uh, other things, you know, it's great opportunities. You know, he's a big guy too. You were tra- a training partner with him. Yeah, yeah. Because when he balloons up, he's, he's like big, he's heavyweight. Yeah. He also said one of the funniest comebacks I've ever heard to John Jones. Which one? John Jones was talking shit to him when he goes, shut up, John. Your legs look like two burnt toothpicks. Yeah, he, I mean, and then good old John Jones. I mean, he, he now his career is starting to get very long, too. I mean, he was such a... Um, such a powerhouse when he first started and he kind of was like the next level like he had already evolved into kind of that next style of mma but he's kind of kept that career going for a long time i mean he's not my favorite fighter john in the jones. world john jones yeah. but he's kind of just i mean every time you want to see him lose he just he pulls it out i think he's one of those guys that kind of let the fame get to him he yeah. was awesome yeah, he's most young respectful guy, guy when he first started now he's just like Holy shit, dude! You're a completely different fighter. Douchebag. Like, you're yeah. not a fighter. You're a completely different person. person. Yeah. But you know, um, at the same time, when you get that type of success at such a young age, it's hard. Um, you know, you you want you you know you want people to stay the same humble, God fearing, et cetera, et cetera. But then the, the 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 circle you keep changes. You know, you can tell the circle he kept was into sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, and you know it's. It, 
I'm surprised a little because his brothers, uh, I think his brothers are older and they're pro athletes too. You would have, I, I would have almost imagined he would have probably done a better job of adapting to it, seeing yeah. his brothers already kind of it be could, famous guys. That's why I say there's no excuse to the matter no, no, of no. money. Because, I mean, you know his brothers are taking care of him at least some point yeah, but, for his but training career. A little better than most, definitely. Because, uh, like we were saying, 500 bucks can go a long way. And if you got NFL money, then you can definitely afford to fly your brother here. I've never really had a camp anywhere outside of Chicago. That's why when people say, oh, they're from Chicago, but most people are from, but they leave. I'm probably one of the few incidents that just stayed in Chicago, trained in Chicago, a little small gym here and there, but nothing nothing fancy, you know, nothing state-of-the-art, you know. That's awesome. I mean, that, that even goes further to prove your toughness and skill set because, yeah, people now fly around to these, like, mega gyms. Like, you go down to yeah. Florida, there's tons of them. Now the UFC um, Performance Institute has, like, some crazy Place training. They got, they're building, Oregon, right? building one in China, not Nevada, uh, and, and that place is, is sick. Even when it comes to training partners like Rampage, you know, unfortunately, you get to a certain success, but you – you look back and there's not many people there, and then you gotta you're paying for your training partners. We we're like a do-it-yourself <laughs> gym. Yeah. Like we 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 just hey, can you make it at this time? And and hey, this person has a cave. We're gonna go here. You know, it's, it, you know, it's crazy. I mean, we're we're fighting on the highest scale, but we're doing it at a low budget pace. <laughs> well, I've I've seen a bunch of pictures of you guys and uh, Belial when he was fighting his last fight. Even mm -hmm. he. There's pictures of you and Kevin and a bunch of guys just training with him when he's down here. Because I know he goes up to Milwaukee. Yeah, right? Duke Rufus, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which took him a long time. I don't know who mm -hmm. talked. I think it's one of the best things he's done in his career is yeah. out streaming from yeah. doing that. But. We, we, we had uh, Daniel Wanderley, who was uh, one of our head jujitsu coaches. He uh, got the opportunity for Duke and to be his head uh, jujitsu instructor. And then so he took off. You know, maybe a year or two before that, and then Anthony Pettis had his success as a national, um, as a world champion, and then from there, uh, you know, that that yo, I want to go down there, and then so Bilal and them started going, you know, for him, Kevin, uh, they, you know, they start taking off. I'll go every blue moon, but I have a wife, kids, family, so it's hard. hard. I can't, you know, and I'm my wife has that nine to five, so I'm the person who does the doctor appointments, who does the the teacher parent teacher conferences um you know I, I, i'm the person and, and and that's the thing i'm blessed with having the ability to, to fight i haven't really had to lose time with my kids you know I've, that's awesome you know that's when i'm like that's why like if i could have never won last year's fight i would have still been happy because my kids are happy i haven't i haven't i haven't lost anything from 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 them. Time with them you know and that's a sacrifice a lot of people have to make when you're when you're trying to put food on the table is you you lose time with your family you know having to get up and go to a camp every you know eight weeks before a fight and just leave your family that's tough how old are your kids they're uh 10 and 9 now okay so they're fun do do they watch the fights do they not watch no, the fights they, they, they're there they're really there. yeah and that's another reason i don't like losing <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's that's the other thing about sports. You know, like I saw Max Holloway brought his uh, little oh, son yeah. to all of them. That last fight, I was I was watching it while it was happening. I was like, oh uh, man, like watching his son watch that happen because that was such a brutal fight. Yeah, yeah. is really hard. Yeah, he was that crying. Was crazy. He was crying backstage, and um, we were there. Uh, yeah. And and Max is such a cool dude, and Dustin as well. You know, yeah. so you know sometimes oh, like yeah. that was Palau's fight. Yeah, was fun, oh, yeah, that was his weekend. You know, and, and then and again, and again, like uh, Max gave Blouse shout outs and we was doing photo ops with with his kids and the whole crew. You know, 
you know, you, 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 it's hard, you know, to watch people, you know, or a little bit even, you know, and then to, to take certain beatings and, 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 and then you want, you know, people paid their money to watch fights, but at some point in that fight, I thought they could have tossed the towel, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. and then, and then, and then he, but then he fought his way back into the fight as well, you know, but still, you know, those moments, you know, like I say, I'm like, you know, my stomach wrenches because I know at some point I might be the guy who have to decide or not if enough's enough. Yeah. yeah. And it's, that's always the crazy thing is when do people figure out, I feel like you have a really strong head on your shoulders as to like a good perspective of what the career means to you. You've, you feel like you've achieved what you want. You want obviously to go achieve more because you know, there's money to be made now and a lot more money to be made. But I feel like you have a good head on your shoulders where you're just going to know when it's time yeah. to hang them up where some people don't. Yeah. I mean, Mike, you too, you did a good job of knowing you, you balance at that point. You said, Hey, listen, um, I got this great opportunity to be a firefighter and I make good money and it is dangerous, but at yeah. least I'm not constantly uh, hurting myself. Yeah. I, I had to choose between the, the a career team. or something that might be a career or a so. dream. Yeah. Right. But then again, you still vicariously still get to live his dreams. Yeah. You know I'm, I'm happy saying? training. I yeah, see that, it. And, yeah. and honestly, part of me feels like I see like these guys, I train with them and they're succeeding. Part of me, I feel like, man, this is, it's like all of us, you know. Yeah, I'm not taking yeah, no. anybody's credit, but no, they, it's you know, just, even it's, the guys when I was fighting or wrestling or something, it's like they get credit too because they helped me get to that point. So yeah, it's the same feeling for me. Even when I'm not fighting, if I'm in there uh, helping other young fighters uh, achieve that dream, my wife asked me one day. She was like, "How can you do that? You know, like I couldn't go help other people achieve their dream when my dreams are, you know." you know, burning somewhere, you know, you know, and I'm like, babe, you know, um, my dreams are my dreams. They're not changing, but you, 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 that, that energy, it, it, you know, it goes on to the next person. Like, yo, you want to see them do well, but then at the same time, you also don't want to be taken advantage of. And that's another thing that's a problem within MMA is loyalty. You know, a lot of people won't even give you the credit to, of helping them or, or doing anything for them the minute they become successful. And that's why I always appreciate those who are loyal. Yeah, I think that that thing of loyalty, it's it's gone in business. It's probably gone in MMA and a lot of parts of life. I tell everybody, if even in business, if I've ever only been one thing, it's loyal. Yeah. I get it sometimes with, you know, uh, some people are watching, you know, lenders reach out and say, hey, listen, you know, we want to come to your office. We want to help out with this. I'll help you with that. I'll help you with this. And I said, no, I got a guy. I've known him for 20 years and he's my guy. And there's not a thing you're ever going to do to make me change that because it just doesn't make any sense not to be loyal. And MMA is such a fickle environment where, you know, everybody's like, oh, this is the new shiny thing. This is a new shiny gym. This is a new shiny place to go to. And people yeah, just jump ship a lot. I mean, yeah. like, like, like my, my head coach at uh, Roberto Ramirez, you know, um, you know, I, I needed a place to train. He 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 was interested in uh, starting his business, and and we said, you know, let's do it. You know, and he opened that door. And then, uh, you know, of course, I've had a ton of other gyms. Hey, come out, train out here. You could stay here. I got you. I got you. But at the same time, sometimes you got to realize what's best for you. Um, for me, having the every you know the coaches and a focus on me when it's my time to train is 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 better than maybe going to. American top team or somewhere where there's 50 world champions uh, because sometimes even when you're training you don't know if that guy has the best interest for you and and, and, and a lot of these True. you know a lot of these guys when you're in there sparring and stuff they're not trying to preserve your health they'll they'll and they'll they'll 
they'll hit you you know when it's oh we're going 40 oh, yeah. percent, and you'll know oh and then and you can't you're not you're a fighter yourself so you're not gonna say oh time you know we're not you know you're just gonna go with the flow and so something that was supposed to be light sparring will quickly turn into a, a, a you fight know, with emotions fight. yeah, yeah. Yeah, which again can lead to getting hurt. Like you said, you have tons yeah. of concussions in training. Yeah, because because uh, because um, the minute you that's when you get hurt. Have you ever noticed that well, the minute you try to be easy on somebody or mm -hmm. too easy, that's when they go. You know that like oh, you know I was just trying to do light, and then next thing you know you're you're hurt because you was just trying to you know flow with someone else who was trying to you know i don't know if they scared or what but just going way too hard oh yeah yeah well you guys oh mike the last time i went in and i haven't been going in very much you out of everybody when i said hey listen i haven't trained in a long time i just want to go light you were teaching me you weren't trying to kill me when you could have just murdered me in a second everybody else was trying trying to rip my arms and yeah. my neck off i think there's yeah, a lot of people like, like you go back. to gyms no egos you don't have an ego yeah you go to gyms with a lot of guys that haven't fought and we were actually talking about this too is I like to train hard. I always like to train hard, and, and I, I'll go, as I think, I go to the same pace as other people. But when they pick it up, then you pick it up hard. You go hard. Yeah. A lot of guys that haven't, like, are just picking up the sport, they go 180 miles per hour. Yeah. It's like you're trying to work with them, but, like, shit, I don't want to get, get hurt. Yeah, I, you got to protect yourself. And it'd be the same thing with me. Um, even a lot of the other guys, uh, some guys we sparred, they'd be like, oh, man, you, you sparring light with this guy, but when you spar with me, you, you crack me. I'm like, cuz. You're trying to crack me, or you hit. And they're like, "But I'm smaller than you." I'm like, "It doesn't matter yeah. if we're if we're sparring at 50 percent, and you hit me at 100 percent. I'm not gonna hit you back at 50 just because you're 20 pounds lighter than me. I'm gonna crack you right back." And you know, uh, and some people just don't get it, you know. So you have to teach it to them the hard way. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go zero percent with both of you, <laughs> so I don't have to get hit. Um, we flew through well over an hour. Um, we always ask this on the show, um, and I'll start um, with you, Lewis. It could be advice for either somebody getting into uh, wrestling, MMA, or business in general. Just a piece of advice to anybody. It could be somebody from the inner city that just wants to get out, or all of the above. Uh, we just always ask for a piece of advice if you got anything for people. Um, <clears throat> my piece of advice goes back to. Uh, the company you keep um, make sure that the people around you are are positive you know you don't have to completely cut off negative people but try to try to always put yourself in in a situation where you're better in yourself you're better in your life you know if 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 the party is in a dangerous place then you shouldn't be there if the situation is potentially not gonna let you come home to your mother your wife your kids then it's not worth it. Great, great advice. Uh, Mike? Uh, if I was going to give any advice, it's um, the lessons I've learned with some of the, I know this is entrepreneurial. Yeah. Um, if you're going to get yourself into something, just because somebody else did it to something else doesn't mean necessarily it's easy for you to do it. So if you plan on investing in something, you're planning on doing something, get a game plan. Don't just do it because the guy next to you made a million dollars doing it because he most likely knew the ins and outs of it. So I learned the hard way losing some money and I wish I would just had like honestly I wish I would have had podcasts and stuff like this to listen hey this is the right way to do it instead of just doing it because hey I had a little bit of money to invest and I want to do it now just do it the correct way the right way at first and then you won't have all the backfall and love that too yeah the access to information so much more than 10 years ago when we started oh, yeah. businesses now you can pop on a podcast and get some information or you can go to YouTube and learn something about everything nowadays. Yeah. That and stop pulling guard. That's, that's <laughs> stop pulling guard. Uh, in your free times, I always ask this too, uh, Lewis, outside of fighting and obviously you got uh, 
uh, two kids and a, and a wife. What do you do outside of fighting and training? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with, I'm with my family all the time. Yeah. You know, um, so if it's not in the gym, it's with the family. Awesome. And Mike, I know you yeah. just, now you got a little one. So my downtime, I'm either, either sleeping or I'm at the gym, but now my little Change guy is the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, he's adorable. Brought it's him greatest out thing to, ever. It's life-changing. It's really yeah, life-changing. Yeah. I always tell people, you're, you're a different person, the you before your kids, and then as the you after, you know, if you're a good parent, that is. Yeah, and uh, it's crazy. I mean, I, I've heard this from uh, watching a lot of fighters say, hey, listen, having the kid uh, either motivated me or it changed me where I wasn't as aggressive. Um, do you feel that? You know, when you had your uh, your daughters, it, it changed that, or was it just more? You can separate kind of family no, from when you go in there and fight. I mean, fighting. I, I mean, I'm me, uh, and that's one thing I have learned to be. I learned to keep the same me right now as the same me that's in a cage. Um, you know, of course, I'm. A, you know, when I see the opportunity to to, to kill, I will. But I try not to change. I try to stay the same person and keep it even killed. That's something I'm trying to teach to some of the younger fighters as well. Don't let your uh, emotions and, and chemical imbalance because it'll, it'll affect your thought. If you're a smart person outside the cage, be a smart person in the cage, you know? Take it with you. You have to try to balance that testosterone aggression right into their peaking, but not one is overpowering the other. Yeah, there's a real big psychology in fighting like that too. You know, you're... Well, you see if people get overly aggressive and then all of a sudden the whole game plan goes away because oh, they're yeah. trying to like yeah. prove something. It's the best quote ever, Tyson's. Everybody's got a plan yeah. to get punched yeah. in the face. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. How about you, Mike? Well, I know what you like doing in your free time, but... I love training, man. It's, yeah. my, it's my good thing. Well, I, I'm really getting really into property now. I want to start... Yeah, a little bit. You know, I'm starting to get my. I'm being a little handy myself, dude. I, yeah. I, I, oh, jeez. Yeah, we'll this see how that goes. Handy. Uh oh. We'll see how that goes. What are you? So. What are you swinging the hammer at now? Nothing. I, I just trying trying to do my deck right now. We'll see. That's a that's small a task, small but we'll task. see how it goes. A lot of guys in the firehouse are typically pretty good at doing stuff. It just it's strange. Like firefighters and cops seem to have a good grasp on just doing renovations. They're, they're all well because firemen, you have the liberty to have two jobs, right? So I'm like the black. They're like, what did you do? I'm like, dude, I used to get punched. That was it. It's about it. I mean, yeah. I own a gym and a bar. And all these guys, they, you should see some of the stuff at the firehouse. There's brick grills. Like, I mean, they all build it themselves because yeah. they're all tradesmen. Um, Ryan Foley, who's uh, the home inspector I use for almost all of my inspections, he's got three, four guys now that work with him. They're firefighters. Mm-hmm. You know, they do that on the side now as a, as a second kind of job. Yeah. They're all really, really good at it. And I, I said this to them last time. I said, what is it with, like, firefighters and cops that are always good at, like, Building houses, like fixing things, like they yeah. just they just have that skill set. You just, I mean, I think you just have you have the liberty to do it. Yeah. And from where I'm from on the south side, I'm sure John could say the same thing. You grow up, your parents are all trades. You know, yeah. I mean, it's rarely you get an attorney, or rarely you have somebody that's like a different type of trade or different type of profession. But I mean, how many people are all trades? It's all trades. Yeah, absolutely. So the right. kids growing up doing the same stuff, and then bam. Yep. Which is uh. Another place that I believe that the school system should start yep. putting kids back into trades. Oh, yeah. um, yep. Like I was posting on my Instagram the other day, like, you know, college is becoming where it's a scam, you know. Mm-hmm. You're, all it is is debt for a lot of people. They're coming out, can't get a job, and they got $70,000 in debt on top of getting a, a, a job that they were making less money than they would if they'd have started five years ago. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to see these uh this 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 awareness that that we need to get trades people you know 
people, uh, you know, the craftsmen back back important into the forefront because houses need to get built and uh, this and that. And then you got people want to complain about immigrants. But what are immigrants coming over here doing? They're coming over here building Taking houses. Jobs, you know what I'm saying? Because we're, we're, we're focused on, you know, only the degree, the degree mm-hmm. to go work for someone else, you know. And uh, a lot of the things, too, like too much free time. I feel like either the military needs to be uh automatic if you don't have a job or something by your time you're 18 you need to go do a year or two in the military just to give just to make sure you're a man and if not that then you need to go to a trade school a craftsman to learn how to do something with yourself if you leave people out here and i know we got freedom and freedom this and freedom that but at some point too much freedom is a bad thing yep yeah i had this discussion a few months ago with somebody about they really should have more especially in Chicago public schools, more push and more education on trades and how much getting in the right trades can make you a lot of money and can give you a great living. Yeah. Like you said, you're going to go into college and it's fine. Go to college. If it's that's, right. If, if that's right for you, yeah. you know, and you might be in a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars of debt, or you learn to be an electrician and you're making eighty, ninety thousand dollars a year. And you can go get that job with maybe even a two-year degree and you go to a community college, you take some classes, you could be an electrician or a carpenter. There's needs for those jobs. And I feel like people have to, and we talked about it a little bit, like the whole Instagram persona. They're like, oh, well, I want to go be this or I want to go be that. And you take that out of, out of your head and just do what is going to be a really smart thing for your life at that point. Definitely. I mean, I look at people right now and they went to school for something. They went to school but didn't know what they really wanted to do. They decided to pick something but wasn't really happy with it. And I'm like, that is a lot of money invested into uh, into something you because you got your parent and teacher. You, they, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But you really didn't have an answer at that time. And like people always say, oh, you got your kid. No, if my kids decide to go to, to college, they're going to know what they want out of life. You know, I'm not just going to Oh, we got the money. Here you go. No, because then it's a waste of money. Yeah. You know, so I'm just looking at a lot of these other kids, too. Like, even the ones who graduate in school, they still lost. Oh, they, jobs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I used to tell my friends all the time, they come out and they wouldn't do what they went to school with. Just, you went to a party for $50,000. That's it. <laughs> if you're lucky, 50. You got charged $50,000 to go to a party. party. Yeah. I read an article yesterday that was talking about switching out. Like, it was almost like a joke. Take Get rid of Algebra 2. And give people a class in yeah, high school that. about how to do their taxes, apply for a job, and loan. different types of jobs, taking out a loan, how that impacts your life. Who the hell knows X plus seven equals seven X? Like, what yeah. the fuck? What, I mean, what is the reasoning on that? I Why wouldn't algebra. that be shown? After I learned how to do multiplication tables in the third grade and I was the best at them, I was the yeah. fastest, my math skill set went down to shit because you don't need it anymore. <laughs> I, got a, I got a phone that does my math oh, yeah. for me. But, but then a crazy thing, it'll be some architect or contractor that'll be the only person who need that algebra but then yeah. it will be make it, will, it optional but but i'm saying it would be for a for a reason for it to, sure. to do their job yeah but then the same person who you went out to be a contractor if you made it to a certain level then that algebra or learning it would be you know, become applicable yeah i hope all engineers you guys all go learn all the algebra physics and geometry yeah. you need yeah. but i sure don't, shit don't need i mean it. you're no. talking to the wrong person if you're talking about any sort of like engineer <laughs> yeah no, but I agree. I think, and especially in Chicago, where a lot of people could really benefit in the public schools from getting a good education on different, all the different traits that are available to them. And you really can make a lot of money and a great living working a lot of these traits. Definitely. HVAC contractors make a killing. killing. And there's a huge need for them. 
in the winter in Chicago, when shit hits the fan, and no pun intended, and your furnace blows out and stuff, there is a shortage of that. And if I had that, that was taught, this year. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me you can't too. get anybody there. And if you taught people to say, hey, listen, learn this trade, there is a need for you to learn this trade, and you can make a whole lot of money, and you can change your life, and you don't have to be in a tough neighborhood, and you're going to make a whole lot of money. Th that education's yeah. priceless. Then the Absolutely. money, the money could be easy too, because like me, my furnace went out. The guy comes through, takes a dollar bill, cleans off my sensor, pops it right back on. That'd be a hundred. Uh, yeah, exactly. The biggest scam in the world is, and my inspector taught me this. A lot of times, like if you got a kid, they hit the the switch on the furnace because it's a light oh, switch. Yeah, yeah, they think it's a light yeah, yeah. switch, so it shuts it down. You come to turn your furnace back on, it doesn't work. You're like, oh, it's broken, <laughs> and you don't go check the switch. They come over, they flip the light switch, like two hundred bucks for my for yeah. me coming out. So if your furnace goes out, pro tip YouTube, remote, YouTube. I fixed mine. <laughs> literally, I, I couldn't get a good friend of mine because he was so busy. I just YouTubed it, and I fixed the, my house. Nice. And that's what made Mike realize he's really handy. And now that's what I thought. Now I was he's handy. building. Now he's, I'm on a deck. Now I'm trying to patch up a deck. And he's building a tiny house now. Yeah. For me, a tiny guy. <laughs> for, um, one of your, for one of your cars. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you guys. Um, I really appreciate you guys coming on. Lewis, I can't wait to watch um, your next fight and watch where your uh, recent success, actually last 12 years of your success, but the recent big success of the Grand Prix takes you. I'm, I'm super excited. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. I've been it. wanting to meet you for a long time. It's uh, It's been a while. I've been watching everything Mike does uh, with you guys, and uh, thank you so much for coming on today. And uh Love what you're doing with everything Chicago-based. It's John and I really love the city of Chicago, and the show was really kind of put together to uh, push Chicago issues and push Chicago people. So I'm glad you're doing stuff, and I'm sure a lot of kids look up to you. Yep, appreciate it, guys. And Mike, yep. thank you for coming, buddy. Um, Finally, you know you are uh, the type of guy who, like you said, since 19, you bought a house. You've been grinding. You're a firefighter. We obviously appreciate you doing that. Uh, being a firefighter is one of those things that very few people are brave enough to do, and you guys, I think, should be paid. My dad always says this. You know, he's, he's a physician. He says, we get paid enough. Teachers, firefighters, uh, first responders, please. You guys just don't get paid enough for what you do. You know, you're running into a building that's burning down while everybody else is running out. So thank you for that. And, you know, congratulations for a guy who you're only 32. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a ton of real estate investments. You have uh, a bar still. It's called Mike's. Mike's so Sports. Check trailer. it out. First of all, I'm shocked I haven't drank there yet. You know, I rarely drink. I quit drinking. I, I know. That's shocking because now I'm single and I do drink. And you, <laughs> well, maybe I'll come back. Yeah. I haven't quit. I haven't quit. Uh, I just want to. Your girl is going to hate me when you just said that. Which but, one? Which girl? This is actually airing live, so yeah, right, you're yeah. going to need Lewis no to protect you now. That's all right. I shut my but, phone off. <laughs> But no, thank you for coming on, and uh, thank you for not beating me up too much. And I'm glad there's somebody in the room finally that can beat you up. It's an honor. It, it, it never really happens. This <laughs> might be the last time I'm ever in a room with you. It's good. I'll be in the room with him this week, probably wrestling. <laughs> so, but um, thanks again for coming on. And uh, John, do we got anything for uh, next? Oh, we're gone next week. We're gone next week. Yep. We're, so we're actually we'll both back, on vacation. Yeah. yeah, we'll be back in June. So yeah, we'll be back uh, two Wednesdays from now at three o'clock. Thank you guys for listening. Um, like us, share us. Um, ask any questions you guys might have. There's a lot of people commenting uh, because of uh, Lewis and Mike, and uh, we appreciate all the support. This was episode 53, and we'll see you guys. Uh, John, you got something? Yeah, I do. I, I got one question. I've got a bunch, but I'll only ask once. Oh, uh, I didn't even ask you if you had questions. No, ask no, questions. No, Lewis, we won't tune out. I tell you what. I just want to go back real fast. Something you said that I think 100% um, and get your take on it. People go to guns rather than fists. And I'm curious if you think 
a lot of that has to do with social media and everybody having their phone out recording fights. So if you get your ass kicked, you don't just get your ass kicked. It gets shown all over the place. Do you think that that has something to do with it? No, I don't think that... um, I just think... I don't think that even gets a chance to to play a part mentally. I just think uh, mentally, as people enter the world and, and enter... Into you know have altercations, they they just they don't have any self esteem into their own ability. They want to intimidate people. They want mm. people to be scared of them. So that's why they tend to want to always reach for a gun or or to carry that persona or to exactly have some illusion that the streets love them or that they have to control you know rep this street or this block or something that the government really owns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mike, same thing. I mean, south side guy. Uh, growing up, we used to fight. Yeah. And now it's just, now it's, it's out of control. Every, every time you turn on the news, if it's less than six shootings, it's like, oh, it was a great day. But now it's <laughs> yeah. boom, boom, boom. It, the funny thing about the whole shooting thing is, is it, the city's worse than you even think. On being on the fire department, we get stuff every single day you'll never even see in the news. Really? It, it won't even. I mean, sometimes on a good summer day in, in some of the worst part of the neighborhoods, there'll be four or five more shootings than you even heard of. Man. They're just they're just covering sure. something that that reporter was easiest to get to, or yeah. like a big shooting or something. But we'll be on we'll be on calls. I think this is the biggest issue. We'll be on a call, and there'll be somebody filming us when there's somebody dying. Like, go go make, go take that. Yeah. You're more you care more about filming what we're doing than actually helping that person before we got here. That's a serious issue. That's sick. Yeah. Yep. Like I said, I got a bunch, but I know we ran late, so we can talk a little bit off air. But uh, thanks so much for being here, both of you. Thank you. uh, That's all. That's all I got. Yeah, we'll see you guys in two weeks. That was an awesome, awesome episode. And uh, thanks again for you guys for coming on. Cool. We'll see you guys in three, two.